0: Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at FitBod.me slash Zabe. That's fitbo T B slash Zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, the first glorious college football weekend is under our belt and we have real heat Nick Saban is already pissed and he won his opener 51 to 14 against a real opponent. I'll try to make sense of the Khalil Mack trade, although it doesn't make much. And the Colin Kaepernick Long Con has finally come home. But will it be a winner for Nike? If you've got 45 minutes of data burning a hole in your pocket, then pull up your big boy pants and let's go! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go! Tuesday, September 4th, 2018. Thank you for downloading. We have got ourselves some football to talk about. In fact, 23 straight weekends of glorious tackle football. College, pro, both, one or the other. Buckle in. It's going to be a wonderful ride, as it always is. Best sign of the weekend, and it was great to welcome back college game day. The best Piece of non-game sports programming on the entire landscape. The sign of the weekend had to be at least the one I liked the most. Urban Meyer deleted my other sign. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And we are off and running with the coaches getting clowned by the college kids. On college game day, we got the Khalil Mack trade to talk about. Nick Saban and sideline reporters, Doug Peterson getting all testy, NFL cuts, more college football, Colin Kaepernick, and a bunch of other stuff. We'll try to get to all of it today as we're back from a three day weekend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amazing. I am blown away that we sold out the 500 ale coins. For the first 500 subscribers to Zabecast Premium, which if you don't know about, ding ding, I'm going to tell you right now. Starting immediately, you will get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for free, as always. Fridays, though, I'm putting behind a little paywall at $4.99 a month for Zabecast Premium. Now, Friday's show is going to be great. Maybe even better than these four shows here during the week. Hey, wait a minute. Didn't you take Monday off? Yes. Yeah, I took Labor Day off. I'm sorry. This schedule is going to coincide with my regular work schedule. So I took Monday off. But normally it's Monday through Thursday. Four are free, five on Friday. You're going to have to pay a little bit of money for it. If you want it. If you don't want it, if you already pay for too much stuff, that's fine. Just free ride on the first four days. And uh, I'm sure somebody will bootleg Friday's show and send it to you. Uh, don't do that, actually. Appreciate that. No, but seriously, I I gave away a a special L coin and and I didn't, I've I've got them being printed up right now. So it's going to take a couple of weeks to get them for those that are wondering. And if you got an email that said you're one of the first 500, you're one of the first 500. If you did not get one, and I'd say if you ordered the Zabecast Premium after, I want to say 4.30 on Friday afternoon, then you are not. Part of the first 500. And I'd love to get everybody a coin, but there's got to be that incentive. Now, I hope that everyone doesn't cancel after one month and go, ha ha, got the coin, sucker. But we shall see. There was one guy, and I don't have his name handy, who did order and then immediately cancel. So he's on the hook for one month month, and now he's out. Uh, My guy, Chris Broussard, said, do do you want to give him a coin? Because we didn't stipulate that he had to stay. A premium subscriber and I said no 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 let him do that I got his name I've got who he is I will make him a legend as that guy the guy who just wanted the coin anyway uh, if you don't uh, if you're not subscribed now I'd love it if you did, but I will not begrudge you if you don't. Go to zabe.com slash premium. That's zabe.com slash premium. That's the site you have to go to to subscribe. And then once you do, download the app. Yes, we now have a ZabeCast app. It's available at your App Store, Google Play, and iTunes. And it just compiles all of these episodes. And it also allows you to go ahead... And get into the premium stuff. And so I'm going to start adding more and more premium stuff. I put last week's Capital Golf Gang up there as a premium item for those subscribers. And I'll do more of that in the future. So I appreciate everyone supporting this podcast. And I swear, I will never ask you for any more money. That's it. I will never. I'm not going to raise the, I'm not going to raise the price. I'm not going to say, well, now I'm offering this and video. So it should be. No. That's it. It's the most I'll ever ask you, period. I swear to God. Now, if I print a shirt and I sell them, that's not asking you for money. That's selling merchandise, just for the record. All right, Khalil Mack has been traded to the Chicago Bears, and they were one of several teams that were hot on the trail of the three-time Pro Bowl edge-rushing Dynamo. The Raiders... Traded away their best player, arguably better even than Derek Carr to the Bears in exchange so the deal is the Bears give up a 2020 first round pick a 2019 first round pick plus a sixth round pick and a third round pick. Now the Raiders send back along with Khalil Mack to Chicago a second rounder. so the third and the conditional sixth sort of negate the second so let's just call that a wash and let's call it a 2 for 1 two number ones for Khalil Mack i don't understand this as many people don't either on on behalf of the raiders it's almost like they had set in their mind we've got a price and we're not going to pay any more for this muffler we are not going to pay Khalil Mack to be the highest-paid guy on defense in the NFL, which, by the way, is something that would only last for what? A couple months, maybe a year, and then somebody else would eclipse it? Let me see if I've got this straight about the object of the NFL draft. Maybe I'm wrong, you let me know. Isn't the object of the NFL draft to select generational, game-changing players? And if those players are of high character and produce early in their career— Then once they become eligible for a new contract, you pay them market rate once. That's it, right? You don't have to commit to paying them more than one big mega contract. By the time they get to that point in free agency or or on the verge of it, as Mac was, they're going to get one more deal that's going to span four or five years, and then you're free to let them go. There's probably no, there wouldn't be any reason then to sign them to a third deal, but if he's so good that you want to sign him to another deal of some amount of money after he's 10 years in the league, then do it. But that's the point. You want to find generational, outstanding players in the draft and use them up during their cheaper years. And if they're still good and if they still have you know high character and they love football and they're durable and they're good in the locker room and they really love football, they don't just love the lifestyle, then you pay the guy. It's simple. You pay those guys. Khalil Mack is an incredible defensive force when he is on the field, which is basically all the time. You look at his four-year record so far. 16-16, 16-16, 16-16, 16-16. Three Pro Bowls and a guy who can literally tilt the field for you on defense. In the NFL these days, there are You know, certain positions obviously more important than others. Quarterback is number one by a wide margin. But after that, you're talking probably left tackle and probably edge rusher. When you get inside the middle of the field, eh, the value of those guys in the middle of the field, not nearly as important. You know, the days of the middle linebackers being, you know, the heyday of the middle linebackers, the Urlacher, the Ray Lewis era, it's not where the game is at right now. Especially because teams don't run, run nearly as much. Hell, look what Von Miller did. Von Miller for the Broncos, same type of player as Khalil Mack. Single-handedly won the Super Bowl for them because Cam Newton could not operate. They could not block Von Miller and it didn't take Peyton Manning much more than just not completely fucking that game up for him to get to ride off in the sunset with another Super Bowl win. That's the guy the Raiders had and they let him go. Why? Why? What on earth were they thinking? You know, you think about, okay, who am I going to pay on my team? You're going to pay the quarterback, right? You're going to pay your left tackle, right, if he's good. You're going to pay edge rushers, or most teams would, if they're good, right? You might pay a corner. You might pay a wide receiver, which is what the Giants did. But guess what? Both those players, you can take them away. You can take them out of the equation. Wide receivers can be doubled and tripled. You can roll coverage to them. And corners on defense, you can throw away from them. How can you mitigate what Khalil Mack can do to you defensively? The answer is you can't. Because guys like that can move around on different parts of the line. Yes, you can send extra help to try to block them, but then that distorts everything you're trying to do on offense. Safeties now can't hit. You don't really want to pay them top dollar. Running backs get hurt. Tight ends, eh? Hard to find the truly exceptional ones that would make a difference. You pay your edge rusher, or at least most most teams would. The Raiders did not, for some reason that is hard to believe. So here was John Gruden back when he took the job, and by the way, the Raiders have now paid Gruden ten a hundred million dollars, reportedly guaranteed over ten years, a met the biggest contract. Reportedly, because this is not confirmed, Gruden has said it's not necessarily the case, whatever. They have loaded the boat on Gruden, and they won't pay Khalil Mack, or they did not want to pay Khalil Mack. Here was John Gruden when he first took the job addressing a bunch of Hooplehead Raider fans in the black hole. I don't want to make a lot of promises. I'll be quick. I don't want to make a lot of promises, but we have one hell of a quarterback with Derek Carter. <laughs> Chuck e. Yeah, I can promise you, is our center and our two guards are as good as there is in football. Yeah, center. Our center's great. Get Khalil Mack back, dude. Oh. We'll find a way. That was John Gruden when he took the job. Here was John Gruden in the aftermath of the trade over the weekend i'm not going to get into the negotiation reggie and, and, and tom delaney and the people that were negotiating were involved in that uh, i know there's you know maybe some feeling that i was involved on a day-to-day negotiation I, I had nothing to do with it so uh we were at a we were at a standoff and um something had to happen and uh here we are i had nothing to do with it isn't that how it always works oh no i i i wasn't really involved Don't you think if John Gruden, the $100 million man, said, hey man, we're not fucking letting Khalil Mack go, then Khalil Mack would still be there? What's funny is that apparently, and I say that with emphasis, apparently, because I didn't check this, somebody on the internet posted a screen cap in which EA Sports, Madden 19, the software actually declined the exact trade that was made for Khalil Mack between the two teams that the software said, nah, not interested, come up with something better. That's pretty funny. John Clayton points out that the Bears' GM Ryan Pace has been willing to give up assets. Uh, Now, he gave up two-thirds and a fourth just to move up one spot last year in the draft to get Mitch Trubisky. Now he moves uh, two-first to get Khalil Mack. Certainly one of the boldest GMs in football tweets, john clayton here's the part of the deal that i think is the most under what's the word i'm looking for under appreciated under reported, under understood yeah i'll go with that one i think the most under understood part of this deal and why this is such a bad deal for the raiders is simply time is money service time is is important. What the Raiders did was they basically have given up a year of potential production from Khalil Mack. You can say, but they got two ones in the future. Yeah, but future picks are already diminished because now you're going to go without Khalil Mack and without his production, and you're going to go without who could have been his replacement for an entire year. And time is an important component of any deal. So if they had done this deal prior to the draft and they were able to use the Bears pick this year, which they didn't have, oh, by the way, because of the trades last year to move up to get Mitch Trubisky, then it would have been a little bit less bad, in my opinion. But it's still bad because of this. You're talking about, okay, so what's your plan then with these two number one picks? First of all, how good will the picks be? In theory, the Bears are a team that is trending up. In theory, the fifth overall pick, which I think is what the Bears were last year, is not going, it, the first rounder is not going to be as high. It might be 15th. And quite often in drafts, you come to a shelf in terms of talent around the 5, 6, 7 mark. And if, and if the Bears are middle of the pack this year, which they could well be, then you're talking about a much less valuable pick. And again, you had to wait a year to use it. You have a hole in your continuum of player production that you blew by giving this, by doing this trade now. That's right there has to be said. But the other part of it is, okay, so what's your goal with these two new number one picks? To pick two more Khalil Mack types? You know, generational talents who could be Hall of Famers, and then when they get to their fifth year as rookies, get into a bitter holdout with him, a stalemate contractually, and then trade him? Is that what you want to do? At some point, you're going to want to keep a guy that you hit on, right? And when it comes to how reliable our first-round picks, I mean, look, it is a total crapshoot. I'll go through the 2014 draft itself that saw Khalil Mack get drafted fifth overall out of the University of Buffalo. That, to me, is another thing that's amazing. How did a guy this good end up at Buffalo? For God's sakes. So, first that year in 2014, Jadavion Clowney. He has been a qualified hit, but he's missed a bunch of seasons with some bad injuries. Tackle Greg Robinson for the St. Louis Rams. Bust. Ola. Blake Bortles, third overall. Jury's still out. I know they picked up his deal and he had one good season. Had a good playoff run last year, but I, I wouldn't call him a hit. Sammy Watkins at four. Bust! Khalil Mack, five. Jake Matthews for the Atlanta Falcons, six. He's been solid. Mike Evans for Tampa. He's been good, not difference-making. Justin Gilbert at eight. D.B., Cleveland Browns, bust Ola. Linebacker Anthony Barr from Minnesota at nine. Solid player. Knocked Aaron Rodgers out last year, so I guess there's that. Eric Ebron, tight end, went to Detroit. Okay, you got. I'm just going to skip through some guys. Odell Beckham at 12 just got paid. Aaron Donald at 13 just got paid. Ryan Shazier at 15 was going to get paid before his horrible injury. Uh, Zach Martin at 16 has been good at guard for the Cowboys. Uh, Brandon Cooks at 20 has been okay at wide receiver. Haha Clinton Dix for the Packers has been decent at 21. Johnny Manziel at 22, bossed. And then there's a bunch of guys you're like, what? Who? Huh? Kelvin Benjamin at 28 has been meh. All right. Not, I mean, he had a couple good early years, blew up 500 pounds. Now, Teddy Bridgewater injured. He's had quite a journey. Darquise Denard for the Cincinnati Bengals DB. I had to look him up. I'm like, God, I don't remember Darquise Denard. Uh, Played for Michigan State. Actually had an Interception. A couple interceptions last year, didn't play in 2018, registered zero games. Uh, But I believe he's out of the league now. So, yeah, had a couple picks in his career. These are all first-round picks. That's what the Bears now are saying. Okay, well, we got future first-rounders. Just pay these guys, for God's sakes. And then, as if all that wasn't good enough, the Raiders cut Martavius Bryant after giving up a third-rounder to the Pittsburgh Steelers for him. Why? Because Martavius Bryant was about to fail a drug test. Good job, good job. And then the Raiders traded for AJ McCarron, which brings me to my next. I well, before I get to that, let me just mop up the uh, whole stuff with, uh, you know, Khalil Mack and money and who to pay, who not to pay. Um, tweet by Joel Corey, former agent turned media member, does great interviews. Says, "Quote: I remember Derek Carr talking about taking less." So Gabe Jackson and Khalil Mack could be kept on the team. Said so in his signing press conference. Carr just found out that that notion should never be a consideration again if he's ever in position for a big contract. A fucking man. I've said this over and over and over again. That's the biggest okey-doke that NFL teams and owners and the media buys into it. The media kind of encourages. That's that's smart of him. You don't want to break the bank. He wants to allow uh, them to build a team around him. The Redskins tried this with Kirk Cousins. He didn't fall for it. Good for him. Never fall for it. You don't know who's. You don't know if the team is going to spend on guys that you need. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, people always praise Tom Brady. Look at Tom Brady. He's taking less money up there, and that's so they can build a team around him. I'm going to give you right now Patriots depth chart our lads. Yes, Julian Edelman's out with a suspension, but the the opening day week one depth chart at wide receiver for the New England Patriots looks like this. Ready? (laughs) Chris Hogan, Philip Dorsett, Corderell Patterson, Amara Darbo, Matthew Slater. Oh, and they do have a tight end named Rob Gronkowski, so they should be okay. In theory, with Gronk there... And Hogan, they'll get by until Edelman's back, but you know, what if Edelman gets hurt again? See, Tom Brady is not being loaded with weapons up there thanks to his sub market deal. In fact, I did pull up the quotes from <laughs> Derek Carr. Derek Carr, quote, the main thing I could just remember all along the way was I wanna I was like, how do we keep my teammates? Carr said at Friday's press regarding his new deal. That is that's, I don't know if it's weird how it sounds, but that's just what I kept telling him. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, cool. Is this good for Gabe, though? Meaning Jackson. Is this good for Khalil? Meaning Mac. Is this good for Amari Cooper? He's a bum. Reggie can, you, Reggie can tell you himself. These are things I said to him numerous amounts of times. Unquote. Derek Carr. To channel my inner Solly. <laughs> Sucker. Of course, one guy who absolutely was certain this trade was not going to happen. Who else? Dub Pope, Mike Francesa. I made a call to someone who was a friend of mine in the NFL, and I said, hey, did you call up about Khalil Mack and laughing? I said, I, I, you know, I said, I, you, you couldn't pay a price too high for him. He goes, yeah, me and every other team in the league called up and said, hey, you know, you have my number. Well, I said, no chance. I said, no chance are they ever going to get rid of Khalil Mack. And, and he said to me, not a chance in the world. And you know what? That's the way you look at this. There's no way. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how bad the situation is. I don't care how bad it breaks down. They are not going to get rid of a generational defender. And that's what Mac is. I mean, Mac is a sensational player. If I were the Jets, I'd give him anything for, for Khalil Mack. Anything. You name it. You got it. So there you go. Of course, Mike Francesa said that. In a way, he wasn't wrong. He was just pointing out that Khalil Mack is a great player, and he didn't think the Raiders were dumb enough to do this. Well, you mix in the ego of Chucky Gruden and the incompetence of their owner, Mark Davis, and this is the kind of thing that happens. Now, let me just quickly on this point, is, you know for the, for the Bears, I, I wouldn't call this necessarily a home run. I think it's a good, solid deal. You pay a premium, which is a second number one. But assuming that number one's going to drop in value because your team's getting better and is drafting lower, and assuming Khalil Mack doesn't get hurt, you're getting a guy who's going to produce right away at a position that is not scheme-dependent in the prime of his career. It's a pretty good trade for the Bears, and they were willing to pay the price to get it done. One last trade by the Raiders over the weekend. They acquire A.J. McCarron at quarterback. And you know who is the new radio voice of the Raiders? The great Brent Musburger. And Musburger tweeted, Welcome A.J. McCarron to the Raider family. Can't wait for the beautiful Ms. McCarron to join us in Oakland. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> this is after Brent Musburger needlessly got hectored by the Yentas and the clucking hens of the PC police about daring to call uh, A.J. McCarron's girlfriend at the time, Catherine Webb. Beautiful. Back into the game. Now, uh, When you're a quarterback at Alabama, you see that lovely lady there? She does go to Auburn, I want to admit that, but she also, this Alabama, and that's A.J. McCarron's girlfriend, okay? And right there on the right is D.D. Bonner. That's A.J.'s mom. Wow, I'm telling you, quarterbacks, you get all the good-looking <laughs> women. Ah, it's a, what a beautiful woman. Wow. he's A.J.'s doing some, some things right down in So Texas. if you're a <laughs> youngster in Alabama, start getting the football out and throw it around the backyard with pops. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my peeny just went, oh. Oh, the hot takes off of that and the scolds were out. Oh, you sounded like a dirty old man. What's wrong with you? Eh, he's a little enthusiastic, but shit. Dude. I watched that clip again of Catherine Webb. She is a, an 11 on a scale of 1 to 10. Maybe still is. I haven't seen her in a while. Probably still is. She's still very young. That was only, what, five, six years ago or something? But, man, that clip of her wearing that Bama jersey, and, oh, <laughs> I don't blame uh, good old Uncle Brent one bit. So, welcome to the Raider family he's not a good quarterback but still welcome to the Raider family I hope you never have to play up tight coaches nobody goes from perfectly fine to a raging pissed off conspiracist quite like one Nick Saban the nictator and he did so again This weekend, and it caused, of course, viral headlines left and right and ended with Nick Saban actually apologizing for something he had no need to apologize for. He got a bit agitated by ESPN's Maria Taylor asking a question about their quarterback situation. Jalen Hurts is the upperclassman incumbent. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is the stud sophomore who won the national championship last year. Both guys played in the 51-14 drubbing of Louisville. Of course, Tua looked far more spectacular. So, Maria Taylor dared to ask this question. Running the show. Let's get down to Maria with Coach Saban. All right, Coach. Everyone had questions about who was going to start at quarterback when this game started. What answers did you have about your quarterbacks after watching both of them play tonight? Well, I still like both guys. I think both guys are good players. I think both guys can help our team. Now, right there is where he could have just cut it off. He could have just said, I like both guys. I know they can help our team. Uh, People think if you don't have a quarterback, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I disagree. We're very blessed. Very proud of both guys tonight. All right. Thank you, Maria. Could have just ended it right there, but Nick is Nick, and he is a weirdo, paranoid, awesome, overly driven, flat-out, stone-cold winner of a coach. And so for whatever reason, it, it, it was like a pit bull that, you know, saw a flash of light and decided to turn bad. Here goes old Nick. So why do you continually try to get me to say something that doesn't respect one of them? I'm not going to. So quit asking. <laughs> she's like, I hear you. And that was that. Now, uh, Maria Taylor uh, asked a perfectly appropriate question and she's fine as a sideline reporter. I do think it's hilarious, though, all the media members caping up. That's a term I learned, I don't know from where, but it's a perfect term, in which other media members like to cape up, and people like to cape up. Like, I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to come defend the honor of Maria Taylor. And I saw more than one person say, Maria Taylor is very good at her job. Oh, for fuck's sake. Really? Sideline reporting. For football is a throwaway job and it is one of the easiest jobs you could possibly do in broadcasting it is a job in which if you are a male you have no future in it they don't hire sideline men's reporters there are a handful of them out there but not very many when it comes to college football what does that tell you right there no offense to Maria Taylor or anyone else that did it, but it's a great gig. It is easy peasy. You're on air for literally five minutes at most for an entire game, at most. Five minutes, six questions, you've got all game to think of your question. (laughs) It's not a hard job. So when I saw the people caping up for Maria Taylor, saying she's very, very good at her job, like, for example, Bruce Feldman. Uh, who's who's a good college reporter. Bruce Feldman's good at his job, but that's fine. Uh, Maria Taylor is, this is his tweet, Maria Taylor is really, really, really good at her job. Three reallys. the fuck out of here with that. And really gracious, says Bruce Feldman. You're not getting in her pants, Bruce, but nice try. Much respect to her. Yes. Yes, indeed. Tom Oates of the Wall Street Journal tweeted, with all the focus we've put on bullying in our schools, Why does the University of Alabama allow its football coach to go on national TV and bully a sideline reporter for simply doing her job? Nick Saban is an awful role model. Awful. No, Tom Oates, that is an awful take. Bullying. Oh, for fuck's sake. Come on. Vince Cellini. He's still alive. Glad to see him tweet the following, because I agree. I'm amused by my fellow media members. And their selective outrage. Sabin is an ass, but when it comes to Popovich, teehee, that's just Pop being Pop. Oh, I agree. Popovich is an asshole. They're all assholes. It's the way it is. And guess what? This was not bullying. This was not even like uh, the scene in league of, the Ur- league of Their Own, in which Tom Hanks explains after he tears into one of his players, hey, this is how it is at the big league level. Was my manager. And he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? No, no. <laughs> no. No. no, And you know why? No. Because there's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. No crying. <laughs> Could you even make a movie today in which a male character humiliates and berates a female character into crying I I sometimes wonder, God, what a great scene that was. (laughs) He was my manager. Rogers Hornsby was my manager. And he called me a talking pile of pig shit. (laughs) And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. (laughs) So, yeah. And Maria Taylor was not upset by this. Not in the aftermath. And she still got an apology from Nick Saban. Nick Saban should not have apologized. ESPN should have thanked Nick Saban for great content. Thank you, Nick. This is a great viral video that's going to give us something to talk about and yak about for quite some time. Life goes on. Then there's Doug Peterson. Oh, boy. Doug Peterson. I don't get where he was going with this because by Tuesday, or no, by Monday afternoon, he had already named his starter for Thursday, which is, no shock, Nick Foles. But on Sunday... Oh, he did not want to get into it. Here was Doug Peterson of the Eagles being asked a very simple question to open his presser. Hey, Doug, have you made a decision on who will be your starting quarterback, and if so, who is it? Um, first of all, I appreciate you all putting words in my mouth this week, and uh, therefore, I'm not going to discuss it. Uh, therefore, therefore, I'm not going to discuss it. Put in your mouth. You saw the reports. What report? Who? Next question. What? He quickly goes to next question like Drew Rosenhaus. I mean, come on. I believe the report he was upset about... Next question. Yeah. Next 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 question. I believe the report he was upset about was one by Ian Rapape... of the NFL Network. Not a local Philly guy and not a beat guy and not anybody that would be in the know. So he's going to take it out of the regular press corps? Next question. Who here put the words in... Next question. I have a little reporter here, put the words in your mouth. I'm not answering the question. I know you said, you, you, say, uh, you said, that's you. Through. Well, <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah, appreciate lump us all together. Okay, yeah, thanks a lot. All right. I'm, I'm going to you all together. Okay, well, that's good. Okay. We're asking a fair question. What's the point of this? I mean, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What is the point of this? Is my- <laughs> exactly. What is the point of this? Yeah, good question. No, what's the point of you being an ass? Decision. And you're not going to discuss your decision. No. So I'm why are you public, having a news Not conference? publicly. Not publicly. I don't do that. I love it. So why are you holding a news conference? I don't do it with any position on this team. I will not do it. Was Carson cleared for contact? He is not. He has not, not been yet. cleared for contact. Okay. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. So, to so if he hasn't been cleared, is, is it your decision to even make? My decision to make? contact would it even be we got, lot, it? we got a lot of days left so if he's clear today or tomorrow he, he has enough time to prepare for the falcons if that was the <laughs> scenario we'll see <laughs> is your refusal to talk about it based on competitive advantage or just because? a little bit yeah a little bit yeah Trying to win a football game you know? Oh, and I don't want to put my game plan my game out there plan. for everybody to see it and read it. Oh, yeah, and teams can scheme, and yeah. it just doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. So I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That is the biggest, tiredest ass excuse out there. Like, like the Falcons don't know how to prepare for both guys. Like they don't have preparations for both guys. It, they actually run a lot of the same offense with both guys. It's just Carson Wentz runs it better. You're not talking the difference between Michael Vick and Tom Brady here. Although Foles is obviously very very slow, but they run some stuff with him that that are RPOs and even some option plays. It just it's so funny. Like I'm not going to put my game plan out there for everyone to read it and dissect it. No one was asking about that. They were just asking who's starting Thursday. Do you know and if the answer was, no, nah, not yet. We want to wait one more day to see if Carson's ready. That'd be the easiest thing in the world to say. Now, I, I heard a local guy in Philly as I was driving home, a, a host, talk about, okay, here's my different, you know, here's what he could have been doing. Maybe he's trying to get an edge. Maybe he's trying to get an edge, trying to send a signal, a bat signal to his team. Like, hey, man, look at the media. They're causing trouble again. They're trying to give, make dissension within our team, man. We're a team. We're staying together. That could be it, I guess. It just seems so stupid. It would be the easiest thing in the world. Coach, have you named a starter yet? And if so, who is that? Nah, not yet. Uh, you know, Carson keeps on doing his drills. We don't have you know, clearance for contact just yet. And uh, we're getting short in the week. It's Sunday right now. The game's on Thursday. So I think the next 24 hours is going to really tell. That's it. That's all you have to say. So these reporters are going back and forth. What's the point of this? This is ridiculous. And they. This is that exchange, by the way, and let me just play a, a snippet again. Real question. I know but you said you, you said uh, you. Said, yes. yeah. Well, <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah, i am got to lump us all together. Okay, yeah, thanks a lot. All right, I'm gonna, gonna lump you all together. Okay, well that's good. See, here's the here's the thing about this job. If you're a beat reporter in the NFL, it's a fairly you would think glamorous job, but it doesn't pay that well, and. You're there spending your Sunday on a three-day, should be three-day Labor Day weekend, where you could be any number of places if you had a normal job. And you were sitting there as a grown man who probably went to a major university and got a degree, and you were going back and forth with a visor, mop-haired football coach who just decided he would wake up on the wrong side of the bed and be an asshole today. And you're, what, you're lumping us in? Well, wait, who is it? over something as trivial, trivial as who's starting. And then less than 24 hours it comes out 24 hours later it comes out yeah no it's it's going to be false. This is why I think a lot of sports writers cannot resist writing about social issues. They want to feel like they're doing something of somewhat importance. Because this shit, going back and forth over who's starting and who, why you lumping us together and what, what's the problem here, that gets to be soul-sucking, I'm sure, for some otherwise smart guys that are trying to report on the NFL. Doug Peterson. Which brings me to my story on uh, what happened. Uh, st- well, this is an anecdote. This is a real anecdote. Sometimes I make them up. If I make up an anecdote, I'll tell you this is a made-up anecdote. Or I'll say, here's the anecdote, and then once I'm done telling it, I'll say, I made up the part about this. But everything else is true. This is 100% true, this anecdote. And this underscores just how resoundingly awful and how it will never go away, the fact that the fucking Eagles and their filthy, cocky-ass fans are world champions. And that can never be taken away from them. It's the worst thing to happen to many of us in the NFC East ever. It just is. And here's why. So I get done playing golf with brother-in-law Todd at Gilbertsville Golf Course. A very fine muni that has at least 60% of their bunkers, not full of weeds and or water. Well, they've gotten a lot of rain. I don't want to bag on them, but, you know. Anyway, uh, we played Gilbertsville Golf Course. It was... Me, my brother-in-law, Todd, and six other neighborhood guys that live in the neighborhood and, you know, do whatever. One of the guys who I didn't play with, um, he was in the other group. He was the more uh, loquacious of the group. We sit down afterwards to have some beers at a place called Our Place Tavern, which is just, you know, a driver and a wedge away from the course. And we're having a chat. And I say to this guy who's an Eagles fan, I say, hey, you see Doug Peterson got all snippy today over who's starting a quarterback. He looks at me, this guy, this Eagle fan, and he pauses. And then he says, eh, good for him. And then after another pause, he looks at me and he says, because he remembers, he knows who I am. He knows I'm Todd's brother-in-law. He knows I'm from D.C. And he goes, hey, uh, Steve, you're an Eagles fan. Steve, you're a Redskin fan, aren't you? and I go yeah and then he gets this shit eating grin a grin and then says yeah you got Alex Smith now huh yeah all right well we'll see how that goes and i'm just like <laughs> i don't want to say i wanted to punch him cuz i didn't care to punch him he's he's, a, he's an okay guy but it was just so peak cocky ass eagle fan and it was all predicated on they won The fucking Super Bowl last year. And you can't take that away. You can never take that away. I loved how he started in with the whole worry about your own team kind of vibe. Like, he just I I figured if I said, yeah, Doug Peterson got snippy today over who's going to start a quarterback, I thought an Eagle fan or a normal fan would go, yeah, man, I'm worried about Foles. He has sucked this preseason, but what other alternatives do we have? Or, I don't know, Peterson might just be messing with people. It was instead this reflexive, almost fuck everything else. I sense somebody, not an Eagle fan, is trying to start some shit. And so I'm going to say, yeah, worry about your own team. I love the mind your own team guy on Twitter. That guy is the best. You make one comment about, so like, man, I can't believe the Cowboys cut Dan Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Worry about your own team, Redskin fan. Okay. Thanks but yeah I, I tell my Packer fans this I said one day when the Vikings when the Vikings win the Super Bowl one day and who knows when that is it's going to feel just like it feels as a Redskins fan or as a Cowboy fan or as a Giant fan when your little shit-headed step step brother who has never won anything finally wins one because that's what it like that's what it's like with the Eagles it is it's the worst it you know what it's like it's like Imagine somebody at your office you hate, say a Todd Packer type from the office. You can't stand that person. But you've always had something on him that you didn't have to put up with too much of his shit because at the end of the day, it's like you got the whole card on him. You got the drop on him. Now, all of a sudden, that's gone. Imagine a Todd Packer type in your office. And I don't know if I can say this. This is a podcast, right? Okay, I'll say it just between us. It's like, let's say that Todd Packer in your office fuck your mom. Oh! Good I, God! I'm just trying to make a point. And he had pictures on his phone. Oh, 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 oh. Now you know what I'm talking about. Good thing we're moving on. Colin Kaepernick. Well, well, well. Slow clap to you, my friend. The long con has finally come home. Nike is making Colin Kaepernick the face of its 30th anniversary Just Do It campaign, in which they show a black-and-white photo, a black-and-white portrait, just a close-up of Kaepernick's face with his big almond-shaped eyes staring right at you with the words over his face, quote, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. This has always been, in my mind, the long con. And when I call it a con, I don't necessarily mean it in a derogatory way. I applaud Colin Kaepernick. He is apparently going to get millions of dollars for this contract. According to, uh, I believe, Darren Revell on Twitter, the details on the endorsement is it's a wide endorsement. He'll have his own, brand of, uh, own branded line, shoes, shirts, jerseys. It's a star deal on par with a top-end NFL player, millions per year. It includes royalties. Good for Kaepernick. I don't care. I know many of you are going to say, I c- how can you say good for this asshole? Hey, listen, I'm not jumping in one side or the other. I've already made my stance clear as to what should be done during the anthem. But as far as Kaepernick goes, I said this a while ago. I said if he tries to come back, if he toes the line and kisses someone's ass and comes back, gets put on a team, goes to training camp in August, and then sucks and gets cut, that's it. He's done and it's all gone. He can't claim that he was blackballed, or he could, but it wouldn't have as much credibility. And he doesn't get to wear the mantle of victim. He doesn't get to wear the mantle of martyr. It's been brilliant, and I I applaud Kaepernick in this regard. He managed to stay silent for this long. I don't know when he's going to talk again. He has not talked in front of a camera or a microphone since he last played in the NFL, which is going up. And we're coming up on two full years. That's some discipline right there. He's tweeted some things. He has talked to some people sort of off the record, but he has never sat down for an interview. We haven't heard him speak. And I think he knew all along, this is my second career. And this second career, an activist, martyr, icon, celebrity dissenter in the age of Trump. Oh, Money, money, money. The long con has finally come home for Colin Kaepernick, and I have no problem with it from his standpoint. From Nike's standpoint, whoo I don't know. They seem to be willing to dance with fire on this one. I've already seen on social media some guys swearing uh, to never buy Nike again. I have seen the uh, uh, the sound man for big and rich show a pair of socks in which the Nikes are cut out. And so the, the top elastic band of the socks, where it says Nike has been cut off the socks, which means those socks are definitely going to be falling down around their ankles in no time whatsoever. I would say that they're going to peel off a certain percentage of customers that cannot stand Kaepernick, cannot stand for what his stance is about the anthem, doesn't like him, doesn't want to be any part of him, i will just say, I'll buy Adidas, I'll buy something else, I'll buy Reebok, I'll buy uh, L.A. gear, I'll buy Keds, Pro Keds, I'll buy Converse. Give me some more uh, shoes. I'll buy Under Armour shoes, not great shoes. I'll buy Asics, good shoes. I'll buy Skechers, good shoes, and I don't want to hear anyone saying they're not. Love Skechers. Laces are for suckers. So they're going to peel off a certain percentage in protest. How many more will they gain? How many more will say, Damn it, I normally don't buy sneakers. But I'm buying some now. Kaepernick. He's got a deal. Other NFL stuff. Shit, look at the time. I've been rattling on for a long time. Uh, Nathan Peterman is your starter in Buffalo. I have nothing to say about this other than the following. Oh, Elaine. (laughs) The toll road of denial is a long and dangerous one. The price, your soul. The price, bad football. Although Peterman supposedly looked good in in preseason. He had a rough start, rough NFL debut in which he threw a billion picks in that game in L.A., which almost cost the Bills the playoffs. And I guess Josh Allen is just not ready. Speaking of quarterbacks, the Broncos cut Paxton Lynch. Oof. The Cowboys, did you remember, wanted him badly. Also, Jerry apparently wanted Connor Cook out of Michigan State. They missed out on both. They had to settle for a fourth-round prospect for Mississippi State by the name of Dak Prescott. Turned out so far pretty good. Also, the Broncos cut their first pick from the 2016, or the Broncos, Gil Brandt tweeted, the Broncos with cutting Paxton Lynch cut their first pick from the 2016 draft. And they cut four of their eight picks from the 2017 draft. Not doing too good, John Elway. They also placed the runaway safety Sua Cravens, formerly of the Redskins, on season-ending knee surgery. I will not gloat about this because it's an injury. It's, it is what it is, but it's its been a tough go for Sua Cravens despite the new start. Alfred Morris is your likely starter now in San Francisco after the Jerick McKinnon injury. Good for Alf. I've always loved that guy, and I hope he can make some hay out there. Reunited now with of course Kyle Shanahan and RG3 didn't just make the Ravens roster but he is according to reports uh the second stringer ahead of Lamar Jackson. There were some shocking cuts in the NFL. Dan Bailey was cut by the Cowboys. They missed he missed 8 of his last 13 field goals after coming back from an injury last year. Uh missed two extra points as well. Don't know if the Cowboys thought he was never going to regain his form before that but but he was so damn automatic. Ravens uh, cut Brashad Perryman, a former first-rounder. And speaking of cuts, Pat McAfee is leaving Barstool Sports after he claims he was, quote, disrespected by the business people in the building. Wow. I've never met Pat. All the guys at Barstool speak very highly of him. I follow him on Twitter. He's an interesting, fun follow. But he left about $6 million on the table to quit the NFL a year ago at the Super Bowl and join Barstool, and now he's leaving? Says he's going to do his own thing, and maybe it'll be just as good, but who knows. College football. Notre Dame versus Michigan. Good game. Michigan came up just short, and it's funny to read the headlines, such as, this feels like the beginning of the end for Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Man, it doesn't take long. Now, I grant you, Harbaugh's been a disappointment in Michigan, but seriously, it's not like they lost to some chump school at home. Penn State almost lost to App State. Also, Kansas paid $450,000 to get beat by Nichols State. The Colonels beat them in overtime, 26-23 in OT. They allowed 218 yards of rushing. And Kansas has not been good at football since the fat man, Mark Mangino, is running it. And he got run out because he was being too mean to the players. Already, Corey Young, a law professor at Kansas, says, "Uh, why are we even playing football? He actually tweeted saying, it's an enormous money loser for a cash-strapped university. Let's get rid of it. Some people then said, doesn't lose money, makes money. And then someone else pulled out a chart and a study that says, well, don't forget about this subsidy and that subsidy and paying for stadium improvements. Where does that money come from? And next thing you know, I was like, okay, I'm no longer interested. Just call me when Kansas football is decent again. Call me when the University of Gail Sayers and John Riggins and Akeem Tlaib, call me when they are good again at football. Play of the weekend, had to go to VMI, or had to go to uh, Toledo's Cody Thompson. Cody Thompson on punt block team, against vmi had one of the great highlight plays ever he blocked the punt of reed king caught it in one fell swoop and took three steps right into the end zone for a touchdown that's it that was the whole play that's how quick it went all right real quick i'll end with this today because i'm running late television news or television opinions. Tell me what you think of this one. Guy runs the the Twitter account, Redskins Blogspot, tweeted the following, quote, the more I think about three screens, meaning setups like mine and many, many others, the more I think about having three screens at home, the more I think about what a waste it is. Hardly ever are there three live events that I need slash want to watch at one time with red zone and DVR, no need for three screen hell, but to each his own. Maybe I'm wrong. Wow. I, I can't imagine. I, I will not, if this is how he feels, I, you know, feelings are never wrong, right? I will not eviscerate him for this, but I just, wow. (laughs) This is the time, my friend for three screens. There's not enough screens to cover everything we want with the Ryder Cup coming up. If you're a golf fan like I am with baseball's pennant races heating up with college and pro. I mean, okay, Uh, you got red zone, which is okay. I think it's overrated. We can talk about that another episode Uh, DVR. It's like you're just time shifting now. Now, once you're done watching what you want to watch on one screen, you're like, okay, I've got work now to do. I've got to go dig into the DVR and watch this other game that I may already know the score to. In fact, you probably do. So, to each his own. That's right, to each his own. It's not a waste, though. It's, the Wasting money would be taking a TV, brand new, and then throwing it off a bridge into a river. That's a waste. Having three TVs is just something a lot of people like. So there you go. All right, that'll do it for today. I left a lot of material still on the cutting room floor. I'll try to get to it tomorrow. Drew Olsen's scheduled to be by... Tomorrow, Jake and Trell this week as well. Then Friday, our first of our premium shows, Football Five Ways Friday with You Are Looking Live, kicking it off right out of the gate. Go to zabe.com slash premium to sign up for the premium podcast. I thank you for your support, everyone who did already. And we will see you next time.